Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 63. I'm your pal Val. With me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you tonight, today? I'm doing well, as always, Val. And the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR Logan, how are you? I'm fine. It's flannel time in Tennessee. <laughs> the winds are changing and uh, the seasons are changing. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the truck series, the Xfinity series, the Cup series. Uh, we got the Xfinity, Xfinity series where it was a cutoff and the players are getting ready to start. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, F1 IndyCar and we get some time. We're going to talk about the buybacks in the 10th anniversary. Max product, and then whatever else we can think of. So, <laughs> maybe some Xfinity playoff predictions. Yes, there you go. That'll be really good to talk about. Again, this is NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. Uh, shout out to Canada. Thanks yeah, for listening. And Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. We appreciate it. Then the great state of Ohio. So let's get started here. The Camping World Truck Series, that was race number 18. That was the 24th annual UNOH 200 presented by Ohio Logistics. That was Thursday night, September 16th at Bristol Motor Speedway, Bristol, Tennessee. The winner was Chandler Smith. The highest finishing rookie was Chandler Smith. Uh, I think somebody said that he needed to win to get in somebody had picked him from uh, the group here to win and he did i think he willed himself to that win there i think i missed that one but they said with like six laps to go he was muscling his way in he was um yeah i, I predicted him to win i was proud of him and that's the only way i think he was going to get in because uh he was one of the two smiths that were on on the outside looking in yes that's right uh, zane smith and um chandler smith so and again, highest finishing rookie. So that was pretty sweet. And with that, we go to the round of eight and Todd Gillen and Austin Hill are out. Uh, we talked about Chandler Smith and his rookies. Uh, previously, he was just in the 2021 Donruss, the signature series, but Chronicles came out and he is in a plethora of Chronicles. He's in the base Chronicles card number five with the different parallels like the blue, red, purple, gold, black, and serial number 199 uh, down to one. So uh, not a lot of those besides the base. And then Chronicles autographs. And those seem to be uh, numbers minimum, I guess you would say, because you have the unnumbered, but then the numbered are like 25, 10, and one. The Obsidian... He's in the score, score autographs, select, select autographs, and then Spectre. So the, the kids, uh, the kids putting it all together. So Chronicles is your best bet and lots to collect there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was, believe it or not, that was his first win. <laughs> so I thought he had one, but I guess not. I guess he's been finishing. We've been talking about him, right? So I think he's been finishing high, highest finisher rookie, but yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, not only that, I predicted a rookie to win. That's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's pretty bold. So, but you know, you've watched a few races or two, you know, sometimes you can just kind of tell it's hard to explain that when, you know, looking at the cards and, and are these drivers and maybe what cards to collect, or if you're trying to speculate or whatever, and it's like, you can kind of, it's a mixture of personality, the team he's running for and the, the crew that he's got, uh, you know, it's like, little uh, voodoo magic, whatever, and for it to pop out that they're a contender, you know? Yep, that's that's for sure. But I'm proud of him. Um, you know, in my bracket, I had Gilliland and Zane Smith going out. So at least I got one of one of the ones going out correctly. I thought Austin Hill would make it, but didn't didn't quite do it. That's still pretty impressive. I can't remember who. I don't know. If, I think we have the same one. I think we might have had the same ones. But... We did. I remember we had the same ones. So, but next race, Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas, uh, the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 presented by Westgate Resorts. That is Friday night, 9 p.m., September 24th. Stages are 30, 60, 134 laps for 201 miles. And like I said, um, Todd Gillen, Austin Hill are out. Advancing, John Harnimichek, Sheldon Creed, Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, Matt Crafton is hanging around. Carson Hukovar and Stuart Friesen. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I'm looking at the points here. Um, so we'll see, I guess, after Las Vegas, who, how they're, how they're doing and how they're locking in. So. Yeah. And Matt Crafton is the old man of the truck series because his rookies are in 2001 press pass and everybody else's rookies are in like two th 2013 and beyond. That is correct. I, rem I remember, you know, uh, chasing a few of those down, uh, to track a few of those down so I can get him to sign them. Yeah. He's been around, um, he's been around a while. He's won as well. So yeah, he's a past champion. Yep. So he's had multiple titles. He doesn't have a lot of signatures. I think me and Jason had talked about it one time where he's like in 2016 prism and some of that, or um, there was something else I can see it in my head, but, but they're not, they're limited, you know? So I think I picked one up for like two or three dollars, like numbered out of ten. I was like, "Yes, please, all day." Uh, moving over to Xfinity Series, that was race number twenty-six, and that was the fortieth annual Food City Three Hundred. That was Friday night, September seventeenth, at Bristol Motor Speedway. That was a race. Oh my goodness. I have never seen that. So if you didn't watch it, you missed a fantastic race. You might, if you can get access to it, I would watch the last 10 laps. AJ Almendinger and Austin Sindrick were coming to the line. Basically, these guys, gentlemen, were tied. Whoever crossed the finish line first would be the regular season champ and get the trophy for that. And they came across the line. Sideways. You know, Sideways, <laughs> and he and Almendinger uh, hit the wall. That's the first time, or the only time that I remember, where the the winning driver had to go to the infield care center and then be released to go to <laughs> Victory Lane because it's a rule uh, that if they're in an accident, that they go to the care center. So it was a wild one. And you could tell Almendinger, he is so pumped and so motivated, and I'm so happy to see that. Uh, he, it's just, I mean, I feel bad for Austin Sindrick because he, you know, he won, he was wanting to win as well, and it came to be so close. But yeah, uh, Colleague Racing, who uh, AJ Almendinger drives for, they they are on a roll for sure, and their culture there is must be is a great culture. I mean, they're like. They're in it for the trophies. You know, I, I don't think they were really shooting for the championship, but now they're there. And uh, I think, I think, I think that they may be able to do it for sure. And they're gearing up for a cup team as well, right? Yeah. And, and they've already got a cup win. I mean, AJ Allmerdinger won at Indy. That's right. Speaking of our highest finishing rookie was Sam Mayer at position nine, which is no slouch either. No, no. Sam is doing good. He's he's going full time with Junior next year, so I'm expecting great things out of him. Yeah, and Ty freaking Gibbs came in the eleventh. Yeah, I was going. You stole my thunder. I was going to say Ty freaking Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say it, and I'll take it out. Go go ahead, Jason. Say Ty freaking Gibbs. It's it doesn't sound the same to say Ty freaking Gibbs for me. It's it's that's your line. <laughs> okay, Ty freaking Gibbs. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, he came in eleventh. All right. So AJ Amendinger, who we're starting to talk about more and more. His rookies are in two thousand and seven. He's in a press pass stealth. So he's got a base there, card number twenty nine, <laughs> and then he's got a retail Chrome exclusive number to ninety nine, Chrome platinum number to twenty five, eBay previews to five. Maximum access, which is a uh, insert, press pass premium, card number 83, press pass VIP, card number 84. It's got parallels in that with get a grip, drivers, get a grip, teams, rookie stripes, rookie stripes, autographs, signings, number two, uh, base, unnumbered, number to 25, and then a gold version. There's a, he's also in tracks, 2007 tracks. There's gold version, hollow foil version, red, number 10 eBay preview, and American Thunder, card number 84. And I think there's also autograph version in there, and I think there's serial number to 50, and the variation is it's autographed Dinger. That'd be really cool to have now. 
Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people looking for that right now, too. So I was able to pick up one of the Chrome exclusives X card X29 number to 99 off of ComC, I think, for about $10 or so. Figured I'd stash that one. Yeah, AJ's kind of coming into his own now. Uh, I think it's just taking him a while to, to get with the right team and mesh with the right kind of guys. But you could tell that those that Collie Racing is like all for one and one for all, and I like that a lot. If I if I lived in in the Charlotte area, I might try to go find a job there <laughs> because I think I think those guys are really cool. I you know I totally agree with you. You just kind of can see this coming together and it's just not him right is jeb burton's in there right yeah Je- yeah jeb burton and um uh, justin haley right just justin haley's going full-time cup with him next year and he remember, he's got that rain shortened uh cup win at daytona or and i guess where i'm going with is all three of those drivers are in the playoffs so uh not to jump ahead but let's go to sam Mayer. i just had to say it before i lost my train of thought so but well, racing's got it going on elderly <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We're not, not going to talk about that. Okay. Twenty twenty Dunruss Sam Mayer. His stuff is actually getting tough to find. Or the cards on check out my cards. They value them very much. <laughs> so, um, but in Dunruss, he's got the base rated rookie card, and it comes, you know, of course, in the different flavors of silver, Carolina blue, orange, red, blue, green, purple, pink, black, numbered. And black trophy printing plates. He's in the optic, in the optic hollow, Carolina blue, orange pulsar, red mojo, and then gold number to ten and gold vinyl number to one. Also optic signatures, serial number to ninety nine and one. So I'm looking for one of those optic signatures. Then you go to 2020 Chronicles, and he's in a few of the series or the few, I guess whatever. Insert sets, score being probably the bigger one with different versions of blue, red, purple, gold, black, and score autographs with the unnumbered autograph to also green 199, purple 25, gold 10, and black one, spectra, and then the different, there's no autographs in spectra, but in the 2020 neon green, kaleidoscope, red mosaic, gold, emerald, pulsar, and nebula. And then he's also National Treasures with Social Signatures. Those would be pretty cool to get. Mm-hmm. Those numbered 25 or less. Also, I appreciate the fact that they did something unique with those and also kept it limited, not 500 or 1,000 of them. I like that aspect of it as well. So I need to look to see what the Social Signatures is that the Twitter and the Facebook and all that other sign- uh, logos. So that, those would be pretty cool. And again, numbered to 25 or less. And then there's treasured uh, debuts, and that's 25 or less as well. And then he's in Panini Prism signatures. And there's an unnumbered version of the si- signing sessions. And then it's from 99 down with silver, green, scope, pink, red and blue, hyper prism, blue in Carolina, hyper prism, rainbow prism. Green and yellow hyperprism, gold prism, white prism, gold vinyl, black finite to one. So just rub your eyes real hard and you can see all the different colors. It's all, it's all it takes. Yep. So that's Sam Mayer. So um, he's somebody probably I think to watch out for as well. And then the next race, Las Vegas, the ASCOs uniforms 302. That's 730 Saturday night, September 25th. Stages are 45, 45, 111 laps for 302 miles. And our playoff standings after Bristol with the reset. Austin Sindrick, A.J. Amendinger, both are tied in points. Justin Allgaier, Noah Graskin, Justin Haley, Daniel Hemrick, Jeb Burton, Harrison Burton, Mike Snyder, Brandon Jones, Riley Hurst, and Jeremy Clements, which I had to do a double take for Jeremy Clements. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I just didn't realize that he was, you know, running top 12 all year. Yeah. That, that consistency thing pays off. Sure does. Do you want to do, we'll do a uh, cup now or you want to come or you want to do Xfinity run through cup. Let's go through cup. All right. 
Cup race number 29. That was the 61st annual Bass Pro Shops NRA night race. And that was Saturday night, September 18th at Bristol Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson was the winner there. That was a kind of interesting race where Chase and Harvick had some words and trying to go for the win. Our highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe. Okay, so let me say something unrelated to cards, but I know a lot of guys do it. I dabble with FanDuel, like lightly dabble, like Sunday bet $10 worth of games and then, you know, kind of have something to do. The past two weeks for FanDuel, their boost bet where it's like higher odds or better odds for the better, they both have worked out because this past week was Larson had to finish in the top three. And then the previous week, Truex had to finish in the top three. So I don't know if they are just bad luck (laughs) or if they actually are kind of putting something out there that's worthwhile. But, you know, that's the first time I've really paid attention to the NASCAR betting in two weeks in a row that the bet were, the bet was successful. Well, Logan, if you want to talk about this one or I can talk about it, the, the last five, 10 laps. Oh, go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, uh, Chase had come from the back and was fighting for the lead. Kevin Harvick was fighting for the lead. Kevin Harvick has not, you know, won a race this year. And we've talked about it before about how many races he had won last year with zero wins this year. Uh, They were not given an inch. Wasn't a lot of room, you know, with Bristol's a small track and a lot of of lap cars. And I think they kind of got three wide. Chase got kind of pinched in it took down one of his tires. So he had to basically go in and pit. So his day was kind of done for the win, but not, you know, not for the race. So he came back out and, you know, Harvick and they came back together and they were racing pretty hard. Harvick was not happy about that. It kind of, Kyle Larson, I think kind of, I don't say he kind of snuck that win, but he was in the right place at the right time. Am I remembering that right, Logan? Well, <clears throat> yeah, what um, what was going on is Chase was leading, uh, Harvick came up, and, and they were side by side. Uh, the right side of, of uh, Chase Elliott's car hit the left side of Harvick's, and I think what happened was uh, Chase's his front his front right tire hit the exhaust caused him to have a uh, Harvick's exhaust caused him to have a flat. So he pitted, he came back out and he, he was like a lap, I guess really at, the, at that time he was two laps down, but he got one lap back cause he actually got past Harvick and who took the lead. And, uh, he sideswiped him too. Yeah. He's yeah. He's that's why on, the, on the way by. Yeah. To get by Kyle Bush. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I think Kyle Bush's issues were before all this, but Kyle Bush had had a, a flat tire as well, so he was way back. But anyway, there was a late caution. Um, you know, they lined up. Uh, Chase was out front of out, out front of Harvick, and he was he was Chase claims he was riding his running his own line that he always runs, but it just so happened that that line he was running was the same line that Harvick was running, and he was you can call it whatever you want, but I tell you what I think chase was slowing up Harvick and I don't care. I don't think chase cared who was in third place. All he wanted to do was make sure that Harvick didn't win because he was mad because Harvick rubbed him and and cut his tire down and took him out of, out of a, out of a win and out of the lead. So, you know, I think Kyle Larson just happened to be the beneficiary of that. Uh, You know, if it had been Kyle Bush or, Kurt Busch or, you know, whoever in third, you know, I don't think Chase cared. He All he wanted to do is make sure he was going to do his level best to make sure that Harvick was not going to win. And that's what happened. So after the race, you know, Kyle, Kyle Larson got, got past Harvick. After the race, uh, Chase and Kyle, I mean, excuse me, Chase and uh, Harvick got into it. 
you know, they were arguing. I think they were actually what they were doing. They were probably talking about, hey, have you seen the latest episode of Ted Lasso? But <laughs> uh, they they were arguing. And, of course, they took it to the trailer. So I don't know what all happened. But, you know, Harvick dropped a few S-bombs on, on TV. And, uh, you know, we thought that, I thought there was going to be a fight. But no fisticuffs whatsoever. There's, there was just a little bit of shoving and a lot of finger pointing. But, yeah, Harvick. Harvick was mad. I, I don't blame him. I think I love Chase, but I think Chase was being a little pissy. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how it all went down. Yeah, I was, I was listening. Um, I was listening to it in the car and it was after the race. And you can definitely hear what when the people call into the radio station, you could definitely tell if they were Harvick fans or Chase Elliott fans <laughs> with the way uh, the Harvick, the Harvick, the Chase Elliott fans would go after Harvard for saying the the S word or whatever on TV. And then the Harvard fans would go after Chase about the blocking and other stuff and some of that. So, uh, but it was kind of interesting because they were in the pits or they were walking by the haulers and they were trying to talk. And there were some people there like taking pictures and taking video and they would, uh, Harvick and Chase would stop and, you know, the, the media or the police were trying to score them, but they ended up going to the Napa trailer I guess to uh, finish the conversation. So, yeah, but I, I didn't like the fact that Harvick was getting on that reporter because that reporter was just doing his job, and they're out in the public space. So that that reporter has every right to to cover that and take pictures or film it or do whatever. And I think that was poor form of Harvick to go after him, and because he got Harvick got like right in his face, and I don't know what was said, but you can kind of guess that he was like, you know, you need, you need to stop this crap right now and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there was some uh, some expletives there and all that going on. And that's when they went to uh, Chase Elliott's hauler to talk privately. Yeah, you can tell Harvick was crazy mad. Uh, Chase, not so much, but. Yeah, uh, you know what I called that? Uh, when, when Harvick got out of the car and he had those big old eyes, the first thing that, that that reminded me of is when when Rick, Ricky Rudd would get mad and he had Ricky Rudd eye, eyes. <laughs> oh, God, man, he you better watch out because he's PO'd. Yeah. Uh, switching over to cars, we've talked about Kyle Larson quite a few times this year with all his wins with the 2013 Press Pass Fanfare and 2013 press pass total memorabilia and that those cars have kind of all dried up those are pretty hard to find in any forms uh the fanfare you have different parallels quite a few and a few different looks like about five different autographs with the silver gold red blue and green everything's numbered to uh from 225 or less and then total memorabilia and the Rising Stars autographs, uh, also autographed from 125 and less. The base, the gold, blue, and melding. So those are in high demand. And he's definitely one of our final fours, if not our predicting, everybody's predicting champion. I wonder what the odds are for him for a champion. I don't know. Jason Jason might know. Say one thing about FanDuel now. I'm the <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not putting you on a spot. I'm sure it's like two to one or something. It's, it's well, you know, it's kind of kind of funny because I'm like listening and scrolling through the schedule and the winners, not I realizing really how much he'd won until I'm looking through it. I just keep seeing his face pop up. <laughs> What's the record for a season of wins? Because right now he's at one. Oh, he's nowhere near it. It's Richard Petty, and he had what twenty-five wins or something. Well, you, you have—is that even the same comparison, though? I mean, is that like baseball, like modern era versus dead ball? Like, is that even a fair comparison? Yeah, I was just getting ready to say that, Jason. You're you're right. You're spot on. Uh, you know, you've got you've got the the modern era, which started in seventy-one, uh, when when Winston came into the sport and they, they took the schedule and, and cut it down to like 30 some odd, you know, 33 or 35 races or whatever. Cause they were running like back before then they were running, you know, two, three races a week. That's how, that's one of the reasons Richard Petty has so many wins. I mean, cause you have a lot more opportunities, 
So yeah, uh, the modern era uh, record is thirteen. Oh, okay. He's at seven, which I mean, it's nothing yeah. to sneeze at for sure. But well, yeah. we talked. I think we talked about it one time. We were comparing his previous years to this year, and I saw so his whole career up until this year was six wins, and this year he's got seven. We're checking for PEDs. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I, I think he is, you know, I think we talked about this before, right? So I always thought, I mean, everybody knew Larson. Kyle Larson was a talent. I remember when he, Logan Tyler knew, you know, we all knew back in 2013 that this kid was going to be good. And I remember telling other people about him back in 13 and 14, you know, and, and buying his cards and stuff. You know, Chip Canassi saw that and, we, you know, we talked about it. So, he was a great talent with a good team and he's still a great talent with a great team. And I think that's what we're seeing now. And again, you know, the, like I was talking about before the voodoo magic, you know, the, the team and the driver and the crew, and you kind of mix it all up and you got, you know, all the planets align and this is what it looks like. Gotcha. Makes sense. And to, your point of maybe I would know I looked it up and he's at plus 200 right now so he's got the best odds and it's plus 200 which I think is the updated yeah I figured as much I figured he was the favorite by far yeah that's right well, like like his odds are plus 200 the next person is Denny and Truex and a couple other guys and they're all plus 800 so he's got like four times better odds I guess yeah, so he he is the 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 one. So yeah. of course, my dad. He I should ask him. He puts he loves Ryan Blaney, so he'll put money on on Blaney and and Quinn Huff, who is from his area. So I think he put like a dollar down on on Quinn Huff to win the championship, which is like <laughs> you know ten thousand to one. So hey, that he didn't only make takes one. Only takes one. Well, I, I I know, but you know he has, he didn't make the playoffs, so. Um, <laughs> But I think my dad was meant to do it for like I don't know the the race or whatever it was, and uh, maybe it was the championship. Anyway, I, but he's he's won with uh, Ryan Blaney, so actually I got to check with him because Blaney's been winning. He won those few races back to back. But I digress. Okay, Chase Briscoe, we've talked about him before. Uh, we'll talk about him briefly here. Uh, 2018 Panini Certified. Ton of different. Parallels in 2018 certified and also fresh faces signatures. It's about eight different parallels for the signatures, all numbered from 99 or less. He's in the, the Panini Prime, the Jumbo Associate Sponsor patches, fire suits, gloves, all kinds of memorabilia, race shoes, quads, and then Prism 2018 Panini Prism scripted signatures and the different parallels there. And then 2018 Panini Victory Lane just signatures so panini prism just signatures victory lane just signatures base cards are only in 2018 panini certified next race viva las vegas motor speedway south point 400 7 p.m sunday september 26 stages are 80 160 267 laps for 405 point or 400.5 miles and yeah. lim good oh i was just going to talk a, a couple interesting things about Las Vegas. Did you know or do you remember Kyle Bush's first cup start was in Las Vegas in 2004? That's of course that's his hometown. Yes, that was a home track for him. So he that was his first first cup start. He finished 41st. Didn't didn't have a good day. I think he crashed. So he's come a long way. Yeah, and you know also uh, Cup wasn't the first series to run at that track because that track actually opened in 1996, and um, the IndyCar series ran some races there, and they were the first major touring series to to run races there. Cup didn't go there and start racing until 1998, and that's when Mark Martin won the inaugural race there. It was at the height of the NASCAR expansion, or at that time getting rid of the rocking hams and stuff like that and moving to those bigger tracks or different, yeah. re different regions, Chicagoland, Kansas, you know, all of those. Yeah. That was yeah. around that time. Uh, playoff standings after Bristol, that was cut off race. The eliminated from the playoffs, Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, 
and Michael McDowell. Their season's not over, but they are eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, they interviewed. I, I like Michael McDowell a whole lot. I really like him. And they interviewed him on TV before that, and you know they're asking him how he felt. And of course, you know he's he's an upbeat guy. He's going, yeah, if we're in the top five at the end, you know, we're going to go for the win. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself, dude, you you're better on super speedway. Short tracks are not your thing. I don't think you're going to be there as much as you want to be optimistic about it. But you know, and I would love to have seen him be up there. Don't get me wrong, because I like him, but. You know, say you know, he said that, and I'm thinking, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I, you know, I look at it. So, this is how NASCAR is different, I think, from the other sports, right? So maybe you know, he is Michael Dow. They're like the Oakland A's, right? They're one of these smaller teams, but he, they finished in the top 16, so they're going to get 16 money at the end of the year, which mm-hmm. I think is a huge, a huge win for them. As opposed to you know getting you know top twenty top thirty money or whatever, so by him them winning Daytona, of course he'll always go down as you know Daytona five hundred winner, and then the team being in top sixteen money, I think it was a great season for them. Oh, and I then, think it was too. I mean, they they had the opportunity to you know they won the very first race of the year, so they had the whole rest of the season to experiment, try new things, and you know kind of play around with setups and things like that. To, to help them get ready for the playoffs. So, I mean, and that was, that was a big advantage for them. Yeah. At front row motorsports, you know, this is not a massive team. Like, you know, some of these other ones we're looking at here, you know, every, every one of these other drivers, they're, they're from one of the big teams, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I guess with maybe Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain with Chip Canassi, whatever, but everybody else is a lot larger team. So, but that shuffles the playoff standings. And Kyle Larson is still uh, in the first position, you know, with all those playoff points. Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Danny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick. So these bottom four, they're, I don't want to say low on points, but I guess from position seven down, they all they need some wins here to get to get bumped up so to make it to the next round. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell eight. you who who lucked out was um, the forty eight and the twenty four. I mean, they were they were at the beginning of the, of the race. They were re- literally on the outside looking in, and they they had some good finishes and got some uh, stage point some stage points, and were able to have some you know good finishes and, and actually make this cut. So I, cause I didn't think, I honestly didn't think that the 24 was going to make it, but he did. Yeah. As I know Eric Amarola, he was up in there and then they had issues. I think it, was, it had a leaky break or oil, whatever. And they had to come in and that kind of, you know, he was two points behind and, and fell out. So it was tolerantic minus two. So Heartbreaking for those guys. Could have been any of those. And Harvick was, let's say, going trying to go for that win to guarantee him a spot. So, but let's jump over to IndyCar real quick. That was race 15 of 16. That's the NTT IndyCar series. And that was Sunday, September 19th. Colton Herter was the winner. Alex Blue came second uh the next race is september 26th at the acura grand prix of long beach at streets of long beach california which is a street circuit yeah that's gonna be in psa's backyard yeah maybe they go past psa uh alice <laughs> Palou is in first in championship points like i said there's only one more race to go with 517 followed by Petto ward with 482, and then Joseph Newgarden at 469. So looks like it's Alex Palouz to lose. Alex Palouz to lose. I like that. So, Ken, I hope you're doing good. And give a shout-out to Brian. Hey, Brian. Over at F1, their next race is Sunday, September 26th, 8 a.m. And that is the Sochi Autodrome. And that... I believe is Russia, Russian Grand Prix. 
Yeah, Russian Grand Prix. Thank you. No race last week, so points don't move. Max Verstappen is the points leader over Lewis Hamilton by five. So that concludes our recap from last week. Uh, so back to Xfinity playoffs. Hey, hey, I got, well, I got, give me, I, I got a quick story for you about, you know, we were talking earlier about 13 wins in, in the modern era. Yeah. Okay. You know, that, that was done in 1998, NASCAR's 50th season, 50th year of NASCAR by Jeff Gordon. Oh God, I hated that year, honestly. But funny story. My wife and I are in Chicago during the last race of the year, the Atlanta race. And we're, you know, I had no idea what's going on. We're, we're doing touristy things and all that kind of stuff. So we go to the, um, the Billy Goat Cavern, Cavern, Billy Goat Tavern. And of course, that's where, you know, the, I don't know if everybody knows about the Billy Goat curse uh, with the Cubs. But anyway, that's that's where that started. So anyway, we're sitting in there, and um, they've got they've got the the um, they've got a Bears game on. Excuse me, they've got a Bears game on there, and uh, I forget how I found out. Oh, I know, I know what it was. the uh, The race was delayed because of rain, and we had left our hotel room, and the race, you know, it was still, you know, you know, delayed. So, like I said, we went to the Billy Goat Tavern. We were there watching the, the Bears game play. And I told my wife, I said, hey, I wonder if they mind if I turn this over to the NASCAR race. And she turned to me and she goes, do you, do you know how expensive it is to ship a body back to, back to Tennessee? She goes, don't you dare do that. They'll kill you here. I go, yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> they, I'm sure they wouldn't want me to change their, their Bears football game. Uh, to a NASCAR race. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Xfinity Series playoffs. We're in the playoffs. Um, they're the last ones to start their playoffs. We were going to, you know, we were talking about doing a little exercise here of who do we think? Um, if you want to go round of eight, round of four, and then the winner or um, or vice versa. or <clears throat> But I think I'm, I'm going with the the – my gut here, and I'm going to go with winner back, backwards. AJ Amendinger winning. I think he 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 wins the championship. So maybe that's just my heart talking or whatever, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, here here's what I've got. Um, I've got going to the round of eight. I've got Amendinger winning this next week in Las Vegas. Uh, Justin Haley went in Talladega because he's good at the super speedway races. So I, I'm looking for him to, to win. Uh, Austin Sendrick at the Roval. Then Allgaier, Gregson, Hemrick, uh, Harrison Burton, and uh, uh, Her Raleigh Herbst. That would be my eight. Then going to the round of four, I've got Noah Gregson winning Texas. Harrison Burton went in Kansas. Austin Sendrick went in Martinsville. And A.J. Allmendinger rounding out the, the top four that are going to go to Phoenix. And I've got my, just like you, Val, I've got my uh, Phoenix championship winner being uh, A.J. Allmendinger. So that's, that's who I've got. But then also we have to factor this in because I don't know the entry lists for all these races. But there's always that wild card of Ty freaking Gibbs who could who could mess something up. And I think he very well might. He could be. So yeah, that, so you, so you have like Jeremy Clements dropping out, Mike Snyder dropping out, Brandon Jones dropping out. Yeah, in the first in the first round, I've got Jeb Burton, Mike Snyder, Brandon Jones, and Jeremy Clements dropping out. Then going from uh, eight to four, I've got uh, Justin Haley, Algar, Hemrick, and Herbst going out. Okay. And don't forget Harrison Burton. He's moving up the cup next year going with the Wood Brothers. And Austin Sindrick going up next year to Penske. Mm-hmm. He's taking over that two car. Yep. So, yeah, I'm with you, Val. So, uh, Jason, do you have any predictions? 
Well, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking I actually agreed with your four that we're going to drop out. But I was with Cendric. I wasn't with Almondinger winning the whole the whole thing. Um, That's not a bad choice either. <clears throat> I was curious though, and you know, you guys are way more into this as far as actual races go than me. But I'm looking, and I told you guys before, I always look at the top tens as much as anything else. But somebody like Harrison Burton, nine top fives, nineteen top tens. He was one of your four that was dropping out, correct? No, I've got him. I've got him going into the into the, the final four. I've got Gregson Burton, Harrison Burton, Cindric, uh, and Almondinger in the final four. So you had Clements, Jones, Snyder, and who was your fourth? Jeb Burton. Jeb. Okay, okay. I was going to ask you why Harrison, but I mean, I understand a little bit more with Jeb. So, so I had we had three or four matching, but okay. So, and again, Halston Cindric won the. Ch- Xfinity Championship last year, so it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It's going to be exciting. They're going to, I think you're going to see a big battle between uh, Omendinger and Cindric for sure. You know, some sometimes I love that Xfinity series. Right, their tagline is, you know, names are made here. Yeah, and talking about uh, Xfinity ca- uh, trading cards and rookie cards, the um, the oldest the oldest rookie cards that are on there are 2007 AJ Omendinger. He's he's got the oldest one, and everybody else's uh, goes up from there. You got uh, Algar, who was in 2009 Press Pass and Stealth, and st- or excuse me, Stealth Chrome, and then literally everybody else is in the teens, uh, 20 teens and up for having rookie cards. So that tells you how how young of a group that that you've got in the Xfinity series right now. A lot of young guns in there. Yes, but yeah, buddy. And the youngest young gun who has a card is Harrison Burton. 2012, when he was, I don't know how old. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I've got that card right here in front of me. So, yeah, there you go. He was just, so, he total, was just, he was just 2012, yeah, 2012 total memorabilia. Yep. So, let me ask a question as far as you guys mentioned that Harrison Burton and Austin Cindric are going to go up next year. Does anything matter as far as when they announce that? Because um, it's like you never see other sports. You don't, and it's a little different. Like you don't say that in baseball, somebody's going to get promoted necessarily next year. Like you don't announce it that far ahead. So I'm just curious, just from my personal standpoint, like does it do anything for anyone to announce it in June or January? or November, like, is there any point to any of that? Or is it just kind of coincidence? Well, they, you start seeing these things, they call it the silly season. You start seeing these things usually before mid-season these days, it seems like, you know, before halfway through the season. And the biggest reason for that is they're wanting to get a jump on the next season. In other words, they have a lot of plans to make, uh, cars to build, things to do. Okay, in order that to makes start, sense. Start, start preparing because you can't, you can't start preparing uh, for the next season right after the end of the season. You're actually preparing for this next year now. I mean, well, and of course now with the next generation car, there, there, that's even accelerated. But you know, in a normal year without a new car, I mean, you're still. You're, you're preparing for months for the next year because you there's just there's just not enough time for them to to you know secure sponsorship and that's the other thing is you know they have to secure their sponsors and and do all of that in, in order to you know get ready for the next season but you just can't build cars unfortunately you know, in the time frame you know from the end of this season to the beginning of the next season in daytona uh, there's just there's just not enough time for the teams to do that, so they have to start doing it now. So that's why that's why you start seeing these things early, and then once one domino falls, then other dominoes start to fall. You know, people move around, shuffle around. Uh, you know, some people go down to the Xfinity series or you know the series below. Right. Some people come up, like you know, like like Cindric and Harrison Burton. So, you know, that's that's kind of the gist of why they do it that way. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like whack-a-mole. Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> so, and also, I guess I want to say, um, give the driver some time, right? So I'm thinking with Harrison Burton, he's taken over the Wood Brothers car. Now Matt Diabenedetto is out of a ride and gives him time to try to shore something up, right? So if this all happened in November, and so the season ends second week in November, so you're talking about November, December, January, and Daytona is second week in February. To Logan's point, there's not a lot of time. You know, if all these people are moving around, all these different levels and, and bringing in rookies and ensuring up these teams and also, you know, smoozing with sponsors to make sure that they're good with the drivers coming in. Cause it's, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. I would um, imagine that situation like for Matt, like you're saying he's going to be out of a ride. So he's still there now racing on that team, knowing that he's going to be gone. I imagine that's got to be somewhat difficult mentally for some of the guys, at least. It is. It is for him. I mean, if you hear him on uh, serious, serious NASCAR radio, he, you can tell it in his voice when they talk to him, that he's, he's excited about the, the rate, the remainder of the races, but he's, he's pretty sad about not having any plans for next year. I mean, I haven't even heard of him even going to Xfinity or trucks or anything else like that. I mean, and I don't know why, that's the case because you know Daryl Waltrip back uh, a few years ago when Daryl Waltrip was commentating goes hey if there's any team out there that wants to take you know get a great driver uh, pick up Matty D and everybody was real high on him and I don't know I guess there's must be something that, that that the general public is not aware of because you know now he's just not in favor and I don't know why because I like him a lot I I love Matty D I was hoping he could win a race this year. He's come close, but it's just weird how that's worked out. Yeah, I don't know. He, the Wood Brothers, you know, is a great team and probably the best equipment that, you know, he's been in and all and his stuff. So, great, Jason. Well, no, I was going to say, so let me tie this all back around. So, when they make these announcements and people know that they're flip-flopping, going up, down, whatever, somebody like Cendric, where you know, okay, his announcement was that he's going up a level, is that – is there any similarity to that and a running back just got two touchdowns over the weekend that nobody had ever heard of? Like, is there any sort of collectibles push when that announcement is made? I think, I think there's some. I mean, I mean, I, I'll be honest. You know, I've picked up a few more Austin Cindric cards, and I picked up uh, a couple autographs just kind of. You know, cover myself, and I've picked up rookies, and I'm probably going to get his rookie card graded eventually once PSA opens back up. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there's a slight push. Uh, but but NASCAR is a, a lot like all the other sports. I mean, it's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, if somebody somebody wins, I mean, of course now you got people claiming for their cards. I mean, look, let's, let's look at Kyle Larson. I mean, last year he wasn't even racing in any nascar series whatsoever because he was right. on the outs and now look at him so yeah you, you could have picked him up cheap um yeah i picked up some austin cedrics because I, I he was first supposed to be going to the wood brothers until brad keselowski went to roush so you know with harrison burton going in to the wood brothers and it seems like that's going to be a long-term deal because they had mentioned that the reason they were not that they were not satisfied with Matt. They just thought that they can go with a rookie. They go into the next gen and I guess they can use him for the next few years while, you know, he develops or maybe goes to Penske or whatever. So I don't think that Matt was doing a bad job. I just think it was that they can go younger and, and, you know, if they're going to have to learn with a new car, they can just learn with a rookie as well. Right. Which that happens all the time. I mean, I think, he's aware that that is a possibility. It's just, you know, thinking about it, if you're racing for a whole season or doing anything for a whole season or a whole year, and you know, at the end of the year, you're leaving, it's kind of like, you know, if a factory is closing and you know, you're working for nothing as an endpoint. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just that yep. mental wear and tear. Yeah. I, I would not want to be in his shoes. That, that would, yeah, that would wear on me pretty hard. It, 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 
I guess the bigger thing too for him is like, okay, hey, I've I've had a pretty good year, and you know they've they've been in the top ten a lot in these last, you know, eight or ten races. They've they've done they've done well, and uh, I'd be thinking, okay, what's what's wrong with me? Why doesn't anybody want me to drive their cars? Because I'm doing a good job. And that's like what it goes back to what I was saying earlier. There must be something we don't know that's going on. Uh, because I, you know, if I was a team owner and I was looking for somebody, you know, Maddie D's a free agent, man, I'd be picking him up, but I don't, I don't know why that's not happening. Right. Well guys, let's uh, change gears here. I had a message from longtime listener and friend of the show, Michael Runyon, he had brought up a great topic, you know, last week we were talking about the 1991 Max and the factory sets and how the Bill Elliott is in that J.C. Penny set with the cert in it, you know, factory sealed. And so his question was, is this the first pack set certified NASCAR trading card? And I know... Bobby Allison had a card in the 91 pro set, but it you know, there's no way to distinguish it that it, other than you actually opened the pack and it came out of, but that it is certified. Uh, so there's no way to tell. So I, you know, I, to me, I was thinking, yeah, this is, you know, the first pack set or certified out of the NASCAR trading cards. I don't know what I wanted to get you guys opinion of that. Well, I had heard about that Bobby Allison card in the 91 pro set. It's a, from what I understand, because I never pulled one, but from what I understand, it was just a regular card that he signed. You know, it wasn't a card without gloss or anything like that. The only thing that I know of that I've been told throughout all these years, and this has been 30 years now, is that he used a thin point Sharpie to sign those cards instead of, you know, just a regular Sharpie. So that's the only way I know that you could possibly distinguish that. So, yeah, I think that Bill Elliott would be the first one uh, for sure. So I'm not aware of the pro set card like that's news to me. But my first thought was when they did the 91 pro set, I'm going to backtrack everything I just said, because I started to say it was the pro set portraits for football, but it was actually the pro line portraits. So it was a different brand and they used the crimp. And I was going to say, I thought, well, if this was pro set, they would have used the crimp. So I will just backtrack everything I just said. It doesn't really matter. But I will agree that I, the Elliot, you know, it's hard because you would know in 91, which one technically came out first. You know, are either of you guys aware of the release dates on those? I would guess that that JC Penny set was later in the year and it's probably something that was in the Christmas wish book or something. Yeah. yeah. That, that's my guess. And that's only just a guess. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, so it's a tough one. I mean, but yeah, that was a, you know, great question. And I didn't even think about that. So thank you, Michael, for that. So when to kind of expand on that, when was the next one? offhand without doing a ton of research are you guys 92 tracks oh well then okay okay and 92 tracks is actually they went through like the whole press run i think there's only one series right and that you know it's got the epic dale earnhardt richard petty duel signed and they're on the different you know uh card image that are that are signed so yeah and it's also first Jeff Gordon as well and other yeah. legends. So yeah, quick story on that one. The first the first pack pulled autograph I ever pulled was that 92 tracks Jeff Gordon. And I got that card and I'm thinking, who the crap is Jeff Gordon? I mean, all I knew about him was okay, he he's on Thursday Night Thunder. You know, I knew he, he was in the in the Bush series at the time and he's coming to Cup. And uh, I think, well, crap, what a dud. But I still got that card. <laughs> and also one other thing, I got hit up over the weekend and asking about were there actually some 1988 Max buybacks. And I thought that would be a great subject to talk about. Uh, they 
they were in the 1998 Max 10th anniversary. So when Upper Deck acquired the rights to Max, they produced this 10th anniversary set. It was wax packs and basically, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but like maybe the first 25 or 30 cards were 1988, 1989, 1990 design. Um, and then they also had these buybacks that were all these different years, but you can get the complete list from Beckett or from the trading card database, but there's quite a few from 1988 and upper deck put their hologram on the back of the card and the cards are numbered on the front with the driver's signature. And it also comes with a certificate of authenticity and the number inside of the certification little it's about the same size as a card matches what's on the front of the card yeah and, and i don't know what the odds were on pulling those back then i mean I, it's not like today where you know you're guaranteed three hits in a box or whatever i mean back then i mean you had odds of like four five six hundred packs of getting one and they were few and far between i mean i opened several boxes of those back then I never got one of those cards and never got any autograph whatsoever uh, out, of, out of that Upper Deck Max product at all. Yeah, when, back then when you hit an autograph, you, you were you were shocked. You know, it's kind of like in the mm -hmm. pro set when they had the holograms and stuff like that for the uh, Lombardi Trophy and stuff like that. You know, maybe like one per case or something like that. It wasn't, you know, one per box. But that, it had a great lineup of these 88s. And some of these I've seen and acquired and some of them I have never seen. You know, the 1988 uh, Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, Brett Bodine, Jeff Bodine, Derek Cope, Ernie Irvin, Dale Jared, Terry Labonte, Dave Marcus, Benny Parsons, Richard Petty, Ken Schrader, Morgan Shepard, Lake Speed, Hunt, Strickland, Rusty Wallace, Daryl Waltrip, Michael Waltrip, and Cal Yarborough. Now, hmm. I've gotten some of the Rusty Wallace, I think Cal Yarborough, uh, some of these other ones I have not seen. I've got I've got Rusty and Buddy Baker. It's the only two I've got. I mean, they're hard to find. Very so I'm looking at, sorry. So looking at the card, and I'm looking at the pictures that you sent me, Val. There is the upper deck certificate that comes with it. It's not like it is now, where you know it's typed on the back of the card or anything like that. It's two separate pieces. I'm assuming those holograms on the back were placed. In 1998 by upper deck those aren't that is not anything max related correct yeah that would be correct they uh upper deck put those on those max cards when they bought them back which is very smart because when you have that autograph and the hand numbering i hate hand numbering because i always worry about the counterfeit part of it not that i'm spending a bunch of money on stuff that i have to worry about it but it's just that thing of if you can just write that pretty close to what it looks like you can kind of get away with it but adding that hologram was a good touch for them even doing that in 98 um which obviously the hologram thing is kind of what they were known for for a long time yeah it it's, looks like it's just stuck on and you can see that upper deck logo when you tilt it, it you know moves around inside of the the square of the diamond yeah that's what i figured i just wasn't Obviously, I couldn't because I'm looking at a picture, so I wasn't right. Sure. Right, and then if um, you know, the the cert that comes with it is just folded, and then it's got some kind of clear sticker holding it. But if you bow it out, you'll be able to see that the numbering on the front matches the numbering on the front of the card to the numbering that's in the cert. Like uh, this rusty wall I have is number two eighty one out of two hundred ninety seven. Yeah, I mean, Upper Dick did a great job of that that year for sure. That those are, I, I I love those buybacks, but I just, I mean, I don't actively look for them on eBay or any other platform. Um, it, it just, you know, if I just happen to see one and I like it, I may bid on it. You know, maybe I, I should start looking at all those things, and you know, maybe everybody out there should start looking for them too, because they're cool. Uh, and there's more than just 1988. I mean, they, they did buybacks from 89, 90, 91, 92, you know, 93, 95. Uh, there's, there's a lot. 
you know, there's a lot of Harry Gantz, uh, the different years from 89 to 95. There's also Jeff Gordon's in there from 92, 93, uh, 94 as well. Uh, yeah. Kyle Petty's from 89 to 95. Is, and there's a Kyle, Kyle Petty, Richard Petty from 89. That says it looks like a serial number to 12. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I've never seen that card. And I, I collect Richard Petty uh, factory autographed cards, and I've never seen that card. Yeah, so I didn't know if um, the folks who listen to the podcast knew about that uh, 10th anniversary buybacks uh, in the 1998 Mac. So uh, I think I saw one wax box on eBay now is like at $140. So it, again, you're not going to get an autograph per box. So uh, it's a gamble, naturally. Yeah, they only produce, what, from 97 to like 2000. If you can find some like 2000 SP, which, you know, it's got the Jimmy Johnson and stuff in it, but they were kind of like th throwing the stuff that they had laying around and in that stuff. Uh, I can't remember. I think there's like there's MVP in there and some other autographs where I think they were you know getting out of of the business there or of NASCAR trading cards. So yeah, that's another box you don't see more that's dried up is the 2000 SP racing. Yeah, I've, I guess in the last five years I've opened a few you know finding them for a hundred dollars a box, but now with everything escalating and Jimmy having done what he's done. Um, cause you get the low number Jimmy Johnson and then you have the serial numbered uh, short printed ones in there as well. So those 2000 SP authentic, are pretty, pretty sweet boxes. Yeah. And you've got Kurt Busch's rookie in there too. Right. And then you have Dale Earnhardt senior autos because those boxes have three or four sign of the times as yeah. well as the MVPs and. And I think the Dale Earnhardt's and those were live. I think like Hut Strickland was a redemption. I've been looking at some of the old Beckett's and they show which ones were redemptions and which ones are, were not or whatever. So, But I think we're up over the hour mark here, guys. I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about tonight or hit on. Um, I'll give my weekly update and I still am not seeing any sort of information for 2021 Prism anywhere. No information on any release calendar so we'll just keep waiting i think that's something we'll see in october i want to say last year was the middle of october so you would think that we would start to see here we are already um almost the last coming up to the last week of september so i would think we see something something any day now yeah Unless it's been I delayed even... but I was even looking through some of the like leaf products that are coming out and I don't see anything racing, you know, like we did with sport Kings where we got a couple cards here and there. So we're just waiting on, waiting on Panini. Yeah. I'm thinking it ought to be just any time. We'll start hearing some stuff about prison. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a good product. Uh, and the autographs are going to be on card from what I can tell. Yeah. I think Tim said that, if they were going to go sticker, they're going to go sticker on Chronicles and then do the prism on card. So, yeah, because we've seen a few of the drivers show some of the prism cards that they were signing and they were signing them uh, on card and using the, the special marker, which I, I, I know you guys have told me before, but I have forgotten what that is. Probably the Statlers or Stadlers or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it I think is, you're right. It'll also be interesting to see if Prism will be in stores. Um, one, it's Prism. We all know how that stuff kind of flies usually. But you for sure, Logan, and I, we both have seen a lot of Chronicles in Target. And then I actually went yesterday or the day before, and there were actual trading cards on the shelf at Target. Um, just like Gypsy Queen baseball, score football, some top stuff, but it was just like all of a sudden it just appeared out of nowhere. So um, we might actually see some of that stuff on the shelves here pretty soon. Yeah, I think we're going to see Prism in, in the stores, especially Target. You know, I have not seen any 
Chronicles in Walmart at all. I, I've looked in Walmart. Same here. And have not seen any. But I've seen plenty. And yep. like I've been the, the Pied Piper of those dang things here at the Target <laughs> locally. Now, I can't find any of that stuff in my Walmart or Targets. No Chronicles, no racing. Well, you are you are in the racing hub, so that stuff may be flying out of there before you even get a chance. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, Prism would be awesome looking for some Ty freaking Gibbs <laughs> Prism cards. Yeah, I got to gotta pull me some Ty freaking Gibbs cards. We love you, Ty Gibbs. If you listen to us, we love you. Definitely so. All right. Um, again, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. And again, make sure you check out the archives. A lot of old um, shows talking about some of the older sets. Like today, we talked about the 1998 10th anniversary. Uh, if you're looking for information about like the 1970 Fleer Drax strips, that's uh, episode number seven, or the 1972 STP, show 29. 1983 Uno's show uh, number 31, also on show 31, the 1985 Sports Star Photographic Stickers. Or if you want to talk or want to listen about the 1988 Max, show number 3839, and then the 1988 Max Earnhardt Promo, show number 42. So uh, that's a little sample of the archives. But again, thanks for listening. And for me and the guys, we'll talk to you next week.